On this episode of Resi Week, home audio shipments are growing, Anthem's got a new auto room correction, and a smart home deep dive. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 170, Captain Optimism. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions, and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And today I'm pleased to be joined by Jason Savage. He is uh, our one and only West Coast Sony CI guy. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good, Matt. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. Then we have my good friend, Henry. He is the president of Livewire and the co-founder of Paracel. How are you, sir? Hey, Matt. Good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And last but certainly not least, we have the one and only Joe Whitaker, president and owner of Thoughtful Integrations, formerly known as The Thoughtful Home, if you haven't been following his social. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for being here. This is the first time you're here with, under the new branding. That is, that, is, that is right. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. Home audio shipments are growing globally by upwards of 20%. Uh, essentially, there has been some fantastic home audio equipment uh, growth throughout the industry uh, year to year over last year. And this is coming to us from Future Source Consulting. The surprising numbers uh, that came out are specifically that Amazon has regained its position as the number one home audio vendor five years ago. I never would have said that. Uh, taking the crown away again from JBL slash Harmon, who dropped back into second place. Jason, I want to start with you on this. You guys are on this list as well as far as leading in revenue uh, as a toss-up between Harman, Bose, Sony, yourself, and Sonos. Jason, when you look at these numbers, when you, when you follow this, is it at all surprising that Amazon has, you know, not only at the top of this list again, but that they've beaten JBL again? They're, they're back up there again. Is that just the quick money that's involved in Alexa. Is that all that this is attributed to? Yeah, I mean, if you read the article, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to really suss out the exact, you know, types of products. It lists Bluetooth speakers and non-traditional audio products. Obviously, those are the those are the categories in audio that are, you know, going going in the upward direction as opposed to you know component sales like AV receivers and separates and components, which you know, quite frankly, just aren't aspirational products to younger people now. So um, they identify audio with this blob, with this speaker, with a, uh, you know, a, an Amazon Alexa, as you say. So I think, you know, by and large, this is just a, a broader representation of what's happening to the audio industry in general. And that's, it's accessible, easiest through Amazon. And that's why they're on the top, in my opinion. Very good. Henry, when you when you look at this article, when you read through this, one of the things that kind of caught me off guard, uh, and it really shouldn't, at, at, at first glance, I was, wow, really, that's, that surprises me. But 
as I read through it again, it's like, hey, this makes sense. But China has experienced the quickest growth so far, says Hamlet of uh, Future Source. When you look at this, China's had huge growth. Russia's had great growth as well. When you take China out of the equation, Eastern Europe has the highest growth with almost 20% year over year. That's something that, you know, as traditional integrators, we can't really harness. We can't jump on because, again, it's hard to be a residential integrator who's global. But when you follow this, when you follow this trend, seeing what Eastern Europe's doing and and what China's doing, is there any way that you can parse that and, and use that within your company? Or is that just, again, anecdotal information? I feel like hockey stick growth is easy to achieve in, in emerging markets and markets where that they previously maybe didn't have the infrastructure in place or, or they, they're just kind of entering and coming on, coming, taking the on-ramp onto a, onto a highway and jumping in. So the, the, the best analogy I could offer up might be around why Europe was so, was so fast to cellular whereas the U.S. lagged behind. We had this great copper infrastructure at the time, whereas a lot of European markets had nothing. And so jumping to cellular and achieving this hockey stick growth curve over this short period of time in the early to mid-90s was a a lot easier, but maybe also a little misleading as to where the market was going to shake out long-term. So it'll be interesting to see where those markets like China and Russia and some of those shake out long-term and what, what, what do I derive or what can I bring back home and use in, in our business? I, I will sort of look at a report like this and say, we continue to live in the United States of, of good enough. And it makes it much more of a, or puts, puts much more of a burden on us to really understand who our customer is and who our customer isn't. And we've gone as far as to actually profile and create a persona around who our ideal customer is. The guy's name is Gene, by the way. And so, and, and so Gene may, maybe knows how to do it himself. Uh, maybe he, he, he spends a lot of time online, et cetera, but he, but he values his time and he values service. And, and, we, and Gene may end up paying us to put in an Alexa speaker in the kitchen and a multi-room audio system. So we're, the, the, the takeaway for, for us is really a further emphasis on understanding who our customers are and aren't. And when we segment it out, pays for, paying for service really rises to the top and it's it's cool to see these reports because we could say okay great growth in these speaker areas, etc. Um, and it just makes us, I, I think, as as integrators, just really have to be that much better at running our businesses. Very good, Joe. I've got kind of two comments for you that that I'd like your opinion on. One, when you look at the the article across the categories, they mention that integrated voice assistants grew 40, 42%, uh, smart speakers increased to, or, or increased by 79%, and soundbars only had a 6.3% volume growth, which was the only category to see value outperform volume. Um, so one, I want you to touch on that, but two, 
touch on the elephant in the room. Not once in this article did they mention Apple or Google. And Apple, I get. They've had a lot of trouble with HomePod. Google, everyone keeps telling me Google is the one that's going to come and take Amazon's throne. They don't even mention it in this article. What's up? So, so you look at those two things right away, and, and obviously a big part of the growth has to do with voice assistance being in smart speakers. Um, but when you look at the kind of the Google Apple thing, you're right. That's why Apple is struggling is what they've had going on with the, uh, you know, the HomePod and then also not embracing some high-res audio the way other brands are. Um, you know, you saw announcements from Tidal and Plex and then, you know, what Sony does with high-res audio. They're not as... They're, they're not bringing in the things that people are actually wanting, asking for, or are passionate about. And that's what runs audio. But the Google thing, to me, there was another article recently that listed, you know, the, basically the kings of voice. And to see, you know, Amazon, of course, up at the top, you know that's what it's going to be. But to see Josh AI as the choice above Google, that should be an eye-opener. Um, because Google has made it so stagnant by not, no, well, I'm just saying not creating any kind of in, innovation. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they came out with a good platform, some good algorithms, search that is top notch above everyone else, but they didn't follow the consumer trends. They followed what their engineers and their marketing team might've thought was a good idea. They didn't follow the consumer trends at all. And that's why, like you see, you know, Sony's uptick in a lot of this right now. Amazon's uptick in a lot of this right now. They're watching the consumer plays, not that the marketing plays are necessarily the tech plays. They're watching what people want. That's why there's really no mention. I, you know, hate to be a predictor of bad news, but give it another, you know, 12 to 16 months. Apple's already started to catch wind of this. Apple might jump ahead of Google really quick mm -hmm. uh, because they've got some announcements that just came out, some other stuff jumping. They might jump ahead of Google, which is something I never thought I would say. Um, as, as far as the way the category breakdowns, those actually make sense to me when the biggest driver right now is built-in integrated voice assistants. Because if you look at something like the Sonos One or some of the other products out there with Amazon built-in or um, Google's platform built-in, the more you diverge from the voice assistant, the less built-in options you get. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, a Sonos One, well, it's lacking drop-in. Well, then you jump to the playboard, play bar category, like Polk's play bar and a couple of the others, you lose drop in and some other features. So as you go far, farther away and disparate from bookshelf to the other form factors, like some of the receivers um, with, with built-in integration, you lose more and more and more functionality when the increased functionality is what the consumer is actually asking for. And that's where the buying decisions are happening. So, you know, it, it all boils down to what goes on with a lot of manufacturers right now where engineer thinks he knows it all. But if you ask a guy like Jason, who's out of the forefront, he's going to have an entirely different opinion because he's talking to the people who are selling and buying. He's yep. going to have an entirely different opinion. And those are the ones that are selling right now. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Anthem launches ARC. Genesis Room Correction Software. Now, ARC for them stands for Anthem Room Correction, not Audio Return Channel. Uh, so that one's going to be fun to explain. But 
more importantly, they have offered this new uh, room correction software that will be available on a majority of all of their uh, receivers, processors, and preamps, and uh, allows you to go through each room or each zone and uh, you know have access to this entire suite of uh, room correction DSP. Henry, I, I want to start with you on this one. When you look at this, this is something that highly impresses me and intrigues me, but I also have a moment of trying to figure out why. And maybe I'm wrong. Tell me if I am. But I love the option of having DSP for every speaker in every zone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it on a multi-room or sorry, a, a home theater receiver. I don't necessarily understand it on a lot of multi-room applications. What am I missing? Am I missing something? What's your take on this? I feel like the idea of smart has now crept in to this space, especially now if you look at the, the new Sonos amp and their partnership with Sonance and, and their apparent ability to auto detect speakers when they're connected. So, so this, this notion of DSP now has crept in even to the customer's consciousness where there's an understanding now that the amplifier and the, the speaker now can sort of understand each other a little bit and programmatically there, there can be performance enhancements uh, that are engineered sort of end to end. I mean, I think about Jason's world of sort of a movie that's shot on a Sony camera mastered in a, in a, in a, on a Sony board in on a Sony display and then displayed using Sony technology from sort of, as they say, uh, Lutron says fingertip to eyeball or um, the, the, the Sony experience of from the camera to, to the display. Yeah, I think, lens to living room. <laughs> lens to living room. Nice. So I, think, I think sound has Come on, kind that's of. Why they pay me the big bucks? Come yeah. On. So sound, sound is really, sound is really sort of gone down that road, and 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 so announcements like this and more DSP matching, etc. I mean, I think by itself is the room correction software that interesting? I don't know. There's there's a bunch of solutions like this that are that are out there i mean you've got trinov you've got other dsp smart matching capability across different manufacturers um and and so but the notion of the the audio video receiver saying hey what speaker what speaker's connected and i've got a preloaded curve for that speaker and mm -hmm. already loaded in I mean, that whole world, I think, is really exciting, especially around Atmos and, and some of these, these surround sound formats. For multi-room audio, I feel like that, 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 that has the same kind of concept because, again, you can say to a customer as you're designing their solution, hey, this amplifier has preloaded profiles for this set of speakers that we're installing, and so it's optimized for, for the best performance. Not I've heard it. I mean, I've heard the difference. So to me, it's not just a, a sort of marketing, marketing mumbo jumbo. So I, I mean, to me, again, the, the takeaway here is just heightened awareness of DSP 
and it's not going anywhere. And now c- consumers are really starting to understand that piece a little bit more. Joe, I want to come to you on this. Uh, this is something that, you know, you and I do a lot of work in commercial as well as residential. Uh, not to say that you don't either, Henry, but specifically for, for Joe, DSP is something that we deal with in commercial every day. We don't sell amplifiers that don't offer DSP. It just, it doesn't happen anymore in commercial. Residential, that hasn't been the case necessarily unless you're in, you know, true uh, AVRs. Um, when you look at this, when you look at this story, the one thing that stood out to me was, yes, they have a full line of room correction, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but they don't necessarily mention anything about profiles. And you and I both know from the commercial space, EQing a system is significantly better when you have a speaker profile. Is that something that, and Henry alluded to this as well, but is that something that is going to maybe not give the full benefit of this, the, the potential of this product? In, in residential, no. Um, I, I don't think it is. And here's the reason why. Um, for, for one, they made a massive mistake calling it art. Okay, that's audio return channel. Let's not be, you know, mixing up acronyms. We're saying one word to mean two different things. But, the, you know, the thing is, is when you look at this, this is, this is a trend that was started by Sonos with TruePlay. So, so let's look at that, that it's already been pushed in front of the consumer's face years ago. So now you've got Anthem doing it. You've got ELAC doing it um, on a massive scale of multi-room audio. But you have to think of what this is. In a residential environment, take away the fact that you know anything about commercial DSP. This is not speaker and amplifier pro- profiles. This is true room correction. It doesn't matter which one of their amps you use, whose speaker or their speaker use. This is actual room correction. Same thing that ELAC is doing. The reason why this is important and why it's going to be a big hit is you look at all the trends that have happened in our space in the last 18 to 24 months, getting interior designers, architects, builders more involved. Now I have a way to take one set of speakers, one, one model, use them in eight different rooms with eight different zones, go to the most reflective room in the house, which is the kitchen and the bathroom with all its tile and its marble and its hard surfaces and its mirrors, and then take that exact same amp, the exact same model speakers, put them in a nice fluffy room, like a master bedroom with carpet and king size beds and heavy curtains and, and be able to produce the same performance with the same model amp, same model speakers. That's what makes this big. Not the DSP side and profiles, but actually being able to do correction on the room side. Mm-hmm. That's where the power in this is. Uh, yeah, we got a, there's a chat going on for those who can't see, and I, that just kind of made me laugh uh, because bed, master bedrooms are fluffy. So, but, but, you know, that's where the power comes into play is the fact that they're getting away from the commercial style where you take a pair of EVIDs and you pair them to a QSC amp or, you know, you're using something even better no, this is actual room correction, which is something that Sony started. I, this is, you know, to me, it's a bite off of True Play and Sony's uh, room correction when they came out with the first two microphone um, for double microphone built in for a surround receiver. It's a mix of those two things, actually doing real room correction. But the big thing before I, we we jump to somebody else is the fact that they let you save a uh, a profile, so to speak, of a room. 
and change it. And they note it as, well, if your customer upgrades the speakers, that's not where the power is. The power is with the homeowner and the interior designer that is going to change chairs, tables, couches, all of that. And you're constantly having to re-EQ the room based on differences of furniture, personal uh, person occupancy, those kind of things which sit outside of our control already. So those, that's one of the powerful things in there that I like is thinking of it as room correction, not necessarily speaker or amplifier correction. Very good. Jason, when you look at this, and I know it's always entertaining to have a conversation about a competitor's product, but when, when you look at this, the couple things that really hit me were, as Joe kind of alluded to, those, those multiple profiles, being able to switch those in theory on the fly for different configurations. If you've got a room that is occasionally home theater, but sometimes it's going to be used for two channel, you can, you can swap those. But also the ability to go back because this is going to be somewhat um, backwards compatible. The ability for integrators to go back and offer this as a new upsell and a new feature set, not to mention that ability to you know reach out to your clients on a fairly continual basis basis and say, hey, did you redecorate this year? Let us come in and re-EQ your room for you. Is that where a lot of residential audio is going into that multiple configuration, multiple uh, adjustments down the road? You know, I think there's, uh, you know, just like, just like every, uh, just like every, you know, you know, planet foundation, there's different layers of strata, right? So if you were to look, if you were to draw a comparison to the, you know, the integrator field, you got, you got different levels. You've got the guys that are doing track tones and, you know, simple upgrades with your, you know, over the counter type amplification. And then you've got, you know, some really serious integrators out there that have access to products like anthem and and really sell all of that stuff so i think um um you know i think this is a pretty targeted uh shot at a a segment that's very crowded i mean if you look at uh industry or excuse me segment leaders like dane innovation you know they've got speakers they've got amplifiers they've got the technology that's all geared to work together and you know that's a story that you know dealers can sell this is a story that paradigm dealers and anthem dealers can sell. You can say, look, not only can we do the cool things that we can do in the media room and the theater for you, but we've got sub out in every room. So if you want to want to drop some 12s in there, we can you know, we can boom it out. But you know, we also have the ability to take that high performance capability and what you know what Joe was alluding to and recreate that experience anywhere you want to. And we have a speaker package to match. And speaking um, as a manufacturer, you know, those stories and those integrated systems, the bigger that you can build them, the better you can sell them. And at the end of the day, the more money you're going to make doing that. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's quickly hit the last story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro and the one and only Jason Knott. Uh, it is a smart home deep dive profiling a typical smart home installation. Uh, definitely go check this out, read this article through and, and check out the slideshow with the infographics. There are some really interesting uh, takeaways from this. So I, I want to go around the table reasonably quickly uh, just because we are slowly and surely running out of time, mainly because I invited Joe and that's a problem. Love you, mean it. Um, but to kick it off and, and let Joe set a great example for us. 
<laughs> Joe, when, when you look at this, when you read through this article, one of the takeaways I had was that pricing, uh, for the most part, looks flat. Uh, essentially, 67% of integrators said that they do not plan to increase their installation costs in 2019. I know my company has had years since we've done a price increase and, and we keep going, yeah, we're not going to do it this year. We'll, we'll do it next year. And we never do. Is this, is this a factor of the market or is this just integrators not wanting to increase pricing? Is it that simple? I, I'll make it as quick as I can. I think it goes to a couple of things. We did a price increase a couple of years ago, just kind of reevaluating. But I think the three big things on why you're not seeing that right now is number one, housing market has been okay. Not great, hasn't fell off, but you have all these uh, financial people talking about a burst of a bubble, a drop, a scared point. Those are years you don't want to raise your price, period, because then you're going to lose more than you gain. It's just a natural thing of business. We saw that in 07 and 08 when I accidentally raised prices in 07. Um, so I know. The, the other thing is, we're not really seeing it a lot because we're seeing a growth of a lot of new companies springing up, a lot of new manufacturers, a lot of new distribution models. And it's really hard for you to justify raising in a, play, uh, a price in a place that is an oversaturated market. We have 10 to 15 other integration companies and you're going to all of a sudden make yourself the, the most expensive guy in the neighborhood. Not a chance. The last thing is right now it, it is a um, seller's market, not a buyer's market. So that gives us a chance to grasp massive amounts of projects at a same price versus smaller amounts at a larger price. No sticker shock, easier to sell. It's just kind of how the market is going right now. So Matt, I'm taking you on. It's about the market. Very good. Jason, I want to come to you next on this. One of the things, and, and Joe kind of jumped ahead of this on our first story, which annoyed me a little bit, uh, which is why I called him out. So but, impolite. So right? Impolite. Right, and he's from the Midwest. He should be. He should be almost Canadian. Clearly not but, Canadian, though. No, clearly. Uh, Jason, one of the biggest surprisers, or surprisers, that's a terrible word. One of the biggest things that surprised me in this was the voice control segment. I expected Alexa to be dominant. I didn't expect her to be 71%. The shocking thing was that Josh AI came in at 17%, the next biggest beating Apple by more than double. Obviously, you know, they're, they're an upstart within our industry. So we should all be big fans of them and big fans of them taking on Amazon and doing well. Uh, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Josh AI, but it was surprising. What accounts for that push? I think, I think there's a demand for a second runner. We'll just put it that way. Everybody wants an alternative. Um, and especially one that you can lay over uh, targeted solutions. There's a lot of, you know, mistrust of, of, a, of a thing like Amazon just because of all of the negative press, et cetera. If there's this other alternative that can do all of these other things and I can talk to it just like Alexa, but maybe I'm not farming out my information or whatever any of those conceptions are, I think that's, uh, I think that's really where the, the strongest interest in that is being generated from. Uh, speaking from somebody that has, you know, voice integration built into his products and stuff that I deal with every day, Josh is targeted at a at an audience that isn't broadcasting your information uh, outwardly or directly. So, I think, you know, just based on my own personal opinion, 
and observation. That would be the perspective that you know I have on that. Very good. All right, Henry, I'll allow you to, to, to wrap this up for us. The last thing that stood out to me was that uh, essentially 60% of integrators believe that their smart home installation business will grow this year. Only a third of them thought that it was going to be flat and, and 3% thought it would drop. Um, those numbers honestly surprised me. And if you followed the show for a while, you probably know why. Did this surprise you? Is this what you expect to see? Or is this just the standard optimism that we as you know, business owners really have? I feel like we'll get a chance to gut check this a little bit against the benchmarking survey. So CEDIA does the benchmarking survey. And so, I mean, 60% around, around optimism, it seems a little, a little bullish to me, especially in a, in an, in a sample size or a sample where the average profit margin for smart home installation, they recorded at 33%, yeah. 33 points in a world where, we sort of, I mean, we look for 40 plus points on Resi and commercial at like 37, 36 uh, to see the sample size talking, you know, with a mathematical average of 33 points. Um, I wonder about the types of jobs. I see, a, I see, I see the average is a 25 installation per year. Uh, Kind of, kind of cadence, which doesn't, doesn't really, that's not out of line. That's pretty typical for CE Pro 100 type, type company. I feel like it's a little bit of a rose-colored picture, mm-hmm. where I, I feel like even, even's probably up for this year across, across the board. Um, and I think we'll probably be entering a correction at some point. Uh, so it seems a little, a little rose colored right now. I think there's categories that are growing, that are experiencing some, some, some movement north. Services is probably one of those and some, some of these other areas. But yeah, it just seems a little, seems a little optimistic. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm Captain Optimism. I, I, I always think everything's going to be awesome, but... It does, it does seem a little, little bullish. Very good. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. That that's all the time we have today. Jason, if people want to connect with you and uh, potentially learn more about Sony, where can they do that? Sure. So actually uh, it's a great segue. We're just about, or we're just starting off our national CI Sony line shows. So if you're a Sony integrator anywhere around the country, check with your local sales rep company. And uh, they'll be able to give you the dates and the times of where we're going to be doing that. Uh, 8K will be making appearances at uh, some of those shows. So uh, definitely like to see some of you guys out there. Um, also, uh, if you want to see some how-to videos on some back behind-the-scenes stuff on uh, Sony stuff, check out my YouTube channel, The Savvy Systems. And uh, you'll be able to find uh, some tips and tricks on how to trick out your, uh, your Sony TV, et cetera. Very good. Fantastic point there. Uh, Henry, thanks so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Livewire and, and especially Parasol, because you guys are doing some really cool stuff there. Uh, how can people connect with you? Sure. Yeah. If you want to check out our, our website, it's www.getparasol, 
like the umbrella.com. And we're, we're on Twitter at get parasol. And then I am, I, I run an integration business called Livewire, and we're on Twitter at get Livewire. Facebook, the same thing, get Livewire, and then my own email address, email me anytime. I love talking about our industry. Henry at get, G-E-T-L-I-V-E-W-I-R-E.com. And thank you again for having me. I love you guys. Of course. Thanks so much for being here. Joe, as always, uh, I always appreciate it when you're here. Let me tease you a little bit. Um, if people want to connect with you, learn more about what you do over at Cedia, as well as, of course, Thoughtful Integrations, where can people do that? Uh, right now, the easiest way to find us is on Facebook at Thoughtful Integrations, on Twitter, uh, Twitter at Integrator Tweets. That's a good one, right? Um, and uh, the new website at, uh, uh, for Thoughtful Integrations should be up here in a couple of weeks. So right now, we're still at the Thoughtful Home. And like always, you can always find me at Cedia. Excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for being here. For myself, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avionation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the site, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 